0: Hello, and welcome to the PTP Podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the Polishing in the Pulpit Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Blankenship. Many members of the Church of Christ use the terms sound and conservative interchangeably, but in this lesson, Brother Mike Vestal challenges those assumptions. He asks the question, What would soundness look like to Jesus? The answer to that question should be what shapes our attitudes. Whenever topics like this arise, I can't help but remember what the Hebrews writer said when he wrote that the Word of God is able to discern or judge between our thoughts and our intentions. We hope this lesson will benefit you and your congregation as you reach out to others. If you enjoy this material, please consider joining us at the next Polishing the Pulpit, which will be August 12 through 20 in the year 2020. We will have over 500 lessons to enjoy by over 150 speakers. We hope that you and your family will join us. You can learn more at polishingthepulpit.com. Now let's listen.
1: One should not always be conservative. "...but one must always seek to be sound." One may not always be conservative, but one must always seek to be sound. When we speak biblically, that statement is obviously true. Because there are many areas of Christianity in which we ought to be quite liberal... We are to be liberal in the way that we love, love one another with a pure heart fervently. 1 Peter 1.22, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. We ought to be liberal in being gracious. In a world that lacks graciousness, the people of God should stand out, ought they not? For having a spirit of graciousness. And kindness. But when we think about being liberal, we ought to be liberal in our giving. In our giving. We are to abound in that grace. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six through eight. So while one should not always be conservative, one must always seek to be sound. And we need to understand that those two terms conservative, and sound are not synonymous. They are not interchangeable. And being a people who want to speak as the Bible speaks and call Bible things with Bible names, 1 Peter four eleven. if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God, that being our ardent, our fervent desire we need to appreciate the fact that there are times we ought not be conservative, but we must ever seek to be sound. Now, if we were to look at the original language and study the word sound, we would find that it occurs 23 times in the New Testament. Interestingly enough, 12 of those occurrences are in the Gospel accounts. Nine of them are found in 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. That is highly significant. The basic idea behind soundness is healthy, wholesome, healthy and wholesome, made whole. Now, that would explain a number of its uses in the gospel accounts. Jesus heals someone and they are sound. They are made whole and healthy in their body. Isn't that right? But when we get to the book of First and 2 Timothy and Titus, when we study these volumes... The word seems to take on an even deeper meaning, and it has to do with spiritual health and spiritual wholeness and having a clean and healthy bill of health, we would say. Now, when you look in Titus, notice this occurrence. Titus 1 and verse 13. It is the will of God... That his people be sound in the faith. Healthy and whole. W-H-O-L-E. In the faith. To be sound in the faith. When one continues reading of those nine instances, those nine occurrences of this particular word in 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus, one is struck about how much we should cling to what is sound, to what is healthy. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. Another example of this type of use is 2 Timothy 4 and verse 3. The time will come when they will not endure the sound doctrine. You cling to it no matter what anybody else does. You Seek to have a life that's healthy in the Lord and you cling to what is holy and what is wholesome in Christ. The Word of God also speaks of the fact that we are to speak the things that become sound doctrine. Titus chapter 2 and verse 1. The Word of God goes on to indicate that we are to hold to the pattern of sound words, which you've seen in me in faith and in love, which are in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13. To speak, to hold, to cling, we are to indeed adorn the doctrine of God in every area of our lives, to be healthy and whole Titus 2, verses 9 and 10. But I want to stop for a minute. In investigating these terms, this Greek family that's translated in our Bibles as sound 23 times, let's just kind of break things down into what Scripture is saying about soundness. And let me share with you, before we dive into our session, full force, seven components of soundness here. Number one, in dealing with soundness, there is a received body of truth. There is a received body of truth. It is fixed, it is objective, it is real. No matter what men may say, there is a fixed body of truth that is real. And secondly, this comes from God. We have a divine source and we have divine content a divine message. If we want to be whole and healthy, we listen. That brings me to a third component. This body of fixed truth given by God is to be loved, respected, and properly applied. Because we want a relationship with God that's that's healthy and whole. The whole idea is that because of sin, we are broken. We are terribly broken and desperately in need of health and wholeness. A fixed body of truth from God that is to be loved and respected and properly applied... Because it concerns our well-being and our health of soul. Scripture concerns our eternal well-being, doesn't it? It concerns the health of our souls. And it counteracts... That's number five. It counteracts anything, anything that might hurt the health of our soul and our eternity. Number six, soundness has to do with this fixed body of received truth from God, that's to be loved and respected and properly applied. And as we think about it, it's given for the health of our soul and to counteract things that might hurt our soul, jeopardize our eternal soul and a relationship with God. Now, number six, because of Jesus our Lord and Savior, there is a body of truth that comes from God because of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord, our Master. He is our Savior. How can we not be attracted to that, motivated and love Him? Next, number seven. This component of soundness to the praise and glory of Of God. To the praise and glory of God, ladies and gentlemen, we have this received body of truth from God Himself that is to be loved, respected, and properly applied for the benefit of our eternal souls and counteracting anything that may keep us from being healthy and may jeopardize our souls standing before God because of Jesus Christ and what He has done and coming here, going to the cross, our Lord and Savior, but all to His praise and glory. So the purpose, ultimately, is to exalt and praise our King. And every time we think of what is sound and what is wholesome, we must think about the praise and glory and exaltation of God. Get it? Everybody with me?
0: We wanted to take a small break here to talk about PTP 365. It contains over 4,000 audio recordings and over 1,000 videos of Polishing the Pulpit classes from the years 2012 to 2019. It's great for personal study and we also have plans for congregations to share with all their members, kind of like a digital church library. Some congregations even use videos for their Bible classes or their summer series. You can learn more about PTP 365 at polishingthepulpit.com. And now back to Mike.
1: Two categories as we develop our session, our study, when conservative isn't sound. And as we look at these two categories, I'll share them with you immediately, and then we'll proceed, okay? The first category is soundness according to Jesus. Soundness according to Jesus, the Son of God. But secondly... We'll look at this category, when conservative isn't sound. There are times conservative is not sound at all, but rather an insidious sin to which we can easily fall prey. Therefore, beware what soundness is according to Jesus. And as we look at this, turn in your Bible to Revelation chapters 2 and 3 because I don't know of any better place to look at what healthy churches should be like and what healthy individual Christians should be like. You want to see what a sound church looks like and what a sound individual Christian looks like? Listen to Jesus in the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. What I'd like to do is to simply look at the qualities of Soundness or health, spiritual health and wholeness. And sometimes being the good Bible students that you are, you already recognize that five out of the seven churches were told by the Lord to repent, right? Therefore, if we properly understand the context of the letter, that individual letter, and look at the positive that the Lord's wanting to emphasize, we will get a better grasp of what soundness is. Okay? Now, let's begin with the church at Ephesus. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7... Here is a congregation concerning which preachers would line up to preach today if they were looking for a preacher. So much is said that's wonderful about the church at Ephesus, and yet what the Lord sees and condemns is telling, because here is a church that loves the truth and stands for the truth, but... The problem is love. Soundness, according to Jesus, is always a matter of love. And the Lord says in a very direct way, you have left your first love. And that is the equivalent of saying you have found someone else. Imagine Jesus saying to you as an individual or to an entire congregation, busy, solid as far as doctrinal stance, you've left your first love. That fire and passion for me is gone. Love. Look, if you will, at Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. For you classic rock fans, he's telling the church at Ephesus, you've lost that love and feeling, and you're not healthy. Revelation 2, 8 through 11, the church at Smyrna. This is the little church with the big God. God. And what he wants the church at Smyrna to see is what we need to see about being sound. There is no soundness without love. And there is no soundness without complete and utter dependence upon God. The church at Smyrna, nothing said by way of condemnation, They're reminded of the big God of the small church. They didn't seem to have much going for them in some ways, but they had a complete and utter dependence upon God. That is a requirement for soundness, and without it, we are not healthy. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing, John 15, verses 4 and 5. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but of God, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. Oh, how we need to learn from the church at Smyrna. Too many churches talk about their good works and their good programs and their great emphases, and what they do is forget about their great God and act as if it all depends on us. Next, look at Revelation 2. 12 through 17. The church at Pergamum. According to Jesus, the church, if it would be sound, individual Christians, if they too would really be healthy and strong and vibrant, need solid biblical instruction. Solid biblical instruction. When you read what's going on at Pergamum, more than anything, they needed solid biblical instruction. Now, look at verses 18 through 29, 18 through 29 of the same chapter, chapter 2. Here we have the church at Thyatira. Thyatira. What they needed was purity and holiness. Purity and holiness. If you want to be healthy, there must be a stress upon purity and holiness. Many a church could use a year long Bible class called Holiness 101. Be holy, even as he who called you is holy. First Peter one, fifteen and sixteen. Perfecting holiness in the sight of God. Second Corinthians seven and verse one. Do we love what God loves and hate with a pure hatred what God hates? And I don't know about you, but there are times I love too much what God hates, and I love too little what God loves. Now we come to Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Revelation 3, 1 through 6. And what do we have here? The church at Sardis. The problem a lack of Christ likeness and growth. A lack of Christ likeness and growth. I wonder about how many congregations that could be said today. You do not have sound, healthy churches without an emphasis upon Christ-likeness and growth. And you know, you think about it, brother. The worst thing that can be said in some circles is to look somebody squarely in the eye and say, you're not sound, but rarely does that have to do with Christ-likeness and spiritual growth. It is interesting to see the points that our Lord makes relative to soundness. Next, Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. The church at Philadelphia This along with Smyrna, the congregations that were not specifically told to repent. A church must emphasize mission and patient endurance. If it would be sound, stay on task. Mission. Patient endurance. And you read the letter to the church at Philadelphia, Jesus is saying, I know it's not going to be easy. Stay focused on your mission, your great task of honoring and glorifying God in thought, in word, in life, in practice. Patiently endure. Then the church at Laodicea, Revelation 3 14 through 22. Zealous and passionate commitment are needed for congregations and individuals to be sound. Zealous and passionate commitment. Great Bible students that you are now, let's stop. You understand something of the circular route of those seven churches, perhaps. You can look in the maps portion of your Bible. See that. But what I want you to also see is this. We don't have a sound attitude sometimes of what constitutes soundness. If this constitutes soundness for you and for me to speak biblically, we must say the same thing Jesus Christ says. And not emphasize some aspects of soundness, which are aspects to be sure, and no one should deny them, to the neglect of others. Our Lord is the Master and He is our Savior, let us respect and love and properly apply what He says. Now catch this. Laodicea is a bad congregation. Who'd want to go preach for the church at Laodicea? You know, spew you out of my mouth type of stuff, remember? But Ephesus 1 and 7 Is the fact of zealous, passionate commitment being really lacking at Laodicea and that they're playing church and that Jesus is kind of on the outside looking in any worse than Ephesus leaving their first love? No, it's not. Neither is acceptable to a view of proper spiritual health. Now look at 2 and 6. Two and six. Two is Smyrna. Six is Philadelphia. They are the two churches that are not told to repent. They are told that they were depending on God and they needed to remember their mission and stay on task patiently. We live in the middle three churches a great deal of the time, in our churches and in our personal lives. The need for solid biblical instruction. The need for purity and holiness. The need for greater Christ-likeness and growth. And if that sounds a lot like the church that you work with or have worked for at different points through the years, it's because there was a love problem, Ephesians, Revelation 2, 1 through 7. It's because there wasn't a proper dependence on God, 8 through 11. And it's because mission and patient endurance was lost somewhere along the line. The church at Philadelphia. Do you hear me, my friends and brethren? We must allow God to define what true spiritual health looks like. And we must embrace the whole picture and not neglect any. Now, category number two having looked at what Jesus says, soundness, wholeness, good health looks like in our our congregations. And yes, the point can be made to a great degree individually. Now let's look at when conservative isn't sound. When conservative isn't sound. Five observations relative to this category. Number one, conservative isn't sound when love is lacking. Conservative is not sound when love is lacking. a young preacher by the name of Mike Vestal many years ago got up with great fire and passion and made the following statement. An elder that would not back the truth isn't worth the bullet it would take to shoot him. After that sermon was over, a brother ran up to me and hugged my neck, thinking that was one of the greatest comments in a sermon that he had ever heard. And I immediately started thinking, if he thinks that it's good, I've missed something. And while, in a sense, we want every elder to stand up and to be willing to give his life for the truth of God, there are things that can be said in a way that lacks love and simply is not appropriate. And that young preacher, Mike, his name, he was wrong. He was wrong to say it the way he did. But like many a young preacher in their zeal and many an older preacher in their bitterness over time, we forget the love of Christ in our quest for soundness. Oh, how we ought to love God. Amen? it must ever be displayed. Oh, how we should love Scripture, the Word of God, because it's for our spiritual health, our eternal soul. Amen? But here's where younger Mike had a problem and still struggles at times. We've got to love the church. I do not want to do anything that reflects a lack of love for the church that Jesus gave his life to purchase. And I hope you don't either. And we can and must stand for the truth, but we must never let love be lacking. Do we love souls? Do we love those ignorant, careless, rebellious people out in the world? Or people who think that they're already right with God when they're not? Do we love them? You can be just as straight as a gun barrel doctrinally and just as empty of love inside. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3, the Bible talks about eloquence without love. It talks about spiritual knowledge and understanding without love. It talks about sacrifice without love. And it says that those three, as marvelous as they seem, without love equal what? What? Nothing. Nothing. Conservative is not sound when love is lacking. A second observation. Conservative is not sound when we fail to behave wisely and expediently. Conservative is not sound when we fail to behave wisely and expediently. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. Helpful. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12. Many of us need to do a biblical study of discernment because that will help us be more wise... And behave more expeditiously in how we approach people, how we approach Scripture, how we approach God. Solomon desired discernment. Proverbs 2, verses 3 through 5. The people in the book of Hebrews lacked the ability to discern properly. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 and they were warned. Paul would pray that the Philippian church, his sweetheart church, if you will, that they be people who not only knew right from wrong, but they knew the difference between what was good and what was best. God give us a sense of wisdom to know what is good and to know what is the best. And I want to say something about that preacher that spoke that word about that elder not being worth the bullet that it would take to shoot him. There was nothing wise or expedient about that statement. And I remember as a young preacher back then, I longed to have 50 years, 50 years of preaching ability and experience in my body. God doesn't work that way, does He? He doesn't just zap you with that when you're in your 20s. May we pray for a greater sense of discernment and to do what is wise and expedient for the cause of Christ to the praise and glory of God. Not only knowing right from wrong, and I know we have a world that has grave issues with that, grave problems. But in the body of Christ, majoring in minors and minoring in majors is far too common. Next... Here is another observation. The observation that one says, but does not do. That's when conservative isn't sound. When one says, but doesn't do. Here we can get right back to basics like the book of James. If a man say he has faith, And James basically tells us, don't just say it, show it by your speech and your manner of life. Don't just say it, show it. One of the problems I found that I've had through the years as a Christian, and maybe you can relate to me, maybe you you don't, and if not, I'm, I'm grateful to God that you can't. I know more... Than I do. I know more about biblical truth than I sometimes do. Do you struggle with that one? Conservative isn't sound when it says, but neglects to do, to love indeed and in truth. First John chapter 3 and verse 18. conservative isn't sound. We're quick to say something. But maybe, just maybe, we are looking at the speck in another's eye that needs to be removed lest one's unhealthy, but there could be a log in ours. A fourth observation. Conservative isn't sound, When sinful pride takes the place of genuine humility. When sinful pride takes the place of genuine humility. See Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 4. Whatever your, religion, uh, whatever your political affiliation was, the last election I jokingly said, we had a choice between Jezebel and Nebuchadnezzar. Let me think about that. I want to think better. But there does seem to be something behind Jezebel and Nebuchadnezzar in the choices that we had. A nation gets the leaders it deserves because they are simply a reflection of the nation. When sinful pride takes the place of genuine humility, remember Nebuchadnezzar? Mr. Proud... Mr. Arrogant, Mr. Look at what I have been able to accomplish, and I am the leader of a world empire. And by the time Daniel 4 is over, here is a man who has been mad like a beast of the field, and he comes to his senses after walking in pride and in arrogance. And the first thing that we have him saying is, those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. If you really want to have discernment and be wise and do what's expedient, One of the prayers you and I can pray is, God, when I start to walk in pride, you bring me down, I pray. Please forgive me and help me to be brought low and humbled because my soul is jeopardized by my pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. When sinful pride takes the place of genuine humility, we ought to be humble in the way that we approach others, even when we are standing for the truth. We can do that with conviction and with power but we also do it with the awareness, let him who thinks he stand, what? Take heed, lest he fall." 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Number five. Observation number five. Conservative is not sound, when the whole council of God gets lost in the controversies and issues of the day. Conservatism is not sound... When the whole council of God, Acts 20, 20, anything that's profitable, Acts 20 and verse 27, the whole council of God, that which builds up and edifies and gives an inheritance among those that are sanctified, Acts 20 and verse 32, that type of thinking is not sound because what it does is it gives prominence... And too great a priority to controversies and the issues of the day, and a neglect of the whole counsel of God. Now, let me elaborate. There is seemingly no end to the controversies and to the issues that have arisen in the world and within the church of our Lord. Isn't that the truth? There's no end. If one chose as a preacher, they could preach on a particular controversy or issue for the rest of their life, and if they lived to be as old as Methuselah, they would never cover them all. But they would fail to cover something. They would fail to cover the greatness of God. They would fail to look in depth at the cross of Christ. They would not be looking as one ought at the church, the body of Christ. Contend for the faith, Jude 3. Be set for the defense of the gospel. Philippians 1, 16 and 17 but churches do not need a steady diet consisting only of every ism, asm, and spasm that occurs in the world and in the church. We don't need it. Tell me the truth. But I want to hear the whole counsel of God, and there are some because of extremism among us, and I understand concern about false teaching that they likely need to ask themselves this question, am I really as sound as I think I am? Have I allowed the issues and controversies of the day to blur my vision of our great God and of the victory that's in Jesus and of the body of Christ and that we win, that we win? And the older I get, the more I see the importance of giving people hope in Jesus and not for a moment running from false teaching and its effect. Talk about it, but not make it what you're all about in your ministry, in your preaching, in your life. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. And it will not produce healthy churches either. Now, those five observations, what were they? Conservative isn't sound when it lacks love. Conservatism isn't sound when it doesn't do what is wise and expedient. Conservativism isn't sound when it says but doesn't do. Not really. Conservatism isn't sound when it's proud rather than humble. And conservatism isn't sound whenever the issues and controversies of the day supersede the whole counsel of God. listen, listen. Listen. Don't those five observations sound just like the older brother of the prodigal? Didn't he lack love? Didn't he fail to do what was wise and expedient, at least as the chapter is closed? He's not gone into the celebration. He's not listening to his father. Didn't he say, but not really do, I've been here the whole time. I'm the good one. I'm the good one. He's the one that's rebelled. I'm the good one, Father. Isn't he the one that is proud and arrogant? This son of yours, he's no brother of mine. This son of yours went out and wasted his inheritance with harlots. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Text doesn't tell us that. But he's willing to be arrogant and make such statements. Unfounded though they may be. And the issue and controversy of the day is with the older brother. He's back. He's back, and after everything he has done, you have welcomed him. Can't believe it. I've been here, and you've never done this. You know, whiny baby over there, Wesley. You never did it for me, Father. (sniffs) So that I could have a party with my friends. He's as conservative as he can be. And he's not healthy. Because not only can you be lost out of ignorance and carelessness and rebelliousness, you can be lost out of self-righteousness. The question is this. Master, is it I?
0: Matthew twenty six twenty two. Thank you for listening. We would appreciate it if you would share this podcast with your friends and leave us a review on Apple iTunes or Google Play. For more PTP information, visit polishingthepulpit.com or search for Polishing the Pulpit on Facebook.